hello everyone and this is this week's episode of life behind bars uh we are currently situated in our usual um location of recording and one of us isn't here let's find out who it isn't who else is here David, you're here. I am Hello. here. So it's Graham that isn't here then, is that correct? Graham? Yeah, yeah you're not here. He's doing a Tom Dumoulin. He's, you know, he intended to be here. But he might then. be here. He, he might, might be here. Yeah, which you're not allowed to do in the Giro. You can't yeah. just take time off. But what we're doing here is really adopting the um, pr- the uh, protocol of, of, of looseness in, in podcasting, which is... Um, also, the show must go on. Yes, exactly. We're combining the old school and, and contemporary attitudes to broadcasting here. And Queen. And Queen, Queen, yes. Queen, and Queen. Freddie Mercury. Yes. Uh, yes. You could do a really good Freddie Mercury task. With if your only there was a way, birth. though, to um, seg. I'm just going to blast past that. Yeah. To seg from Queen into cycling. Can you think of a way, David? Of the mountains? No. They did a song about it. In fact, they did oh, several they did, songs. Yes, they did, I want to ride my bicycle. Yeah. Yeah. Fat bottom girls, isn't yeah. it? Well, um, that's excellent. Shall we talk about cycling then? Um, well, first of all, tell me what you've been up to this week. Uh, what have I been up to this Can week? everyone, not just me. I don't care. Um, what have you been up to? You've got, you got something interesting to say. Do you I claimed have something earlier? interesting to say? Oh, so I've been, as you know, complaining a lot in the last few weeks about the fact that my bike, Roxanne, He's getting old. Your bike is quite old. You found it for me. Um, I did so stipulate she... at the time that I wouldn't ride it myself, simply because... Can you remember why? It was, it was because it had... Um, it has. It still has. And, and it has a curved top tube. Which looks great. Are However, we still allowed to say yeah. top tube on the show? Uh, we can, yeah. Okay. Um, it had a curved top tube, but, the, the, but it also, in tandem, had uh, a cable which was not internal. Now, one of the great modern inventions in bicycles for me is internal cable routing and that means not having the gear cable routed hanging down underneath the top the top bar but on it's particularly unfortunate the top tube particularly unfortunate in david's bike's case uh, what do you call her roxanne, roxanne. she's a kona king zing yes, frame king zing, yes. but also is a bit of a triggers broom because there's a lot of different parts on there now so i would say she is Yes, including the red handlebar tape to go with the orange frame. percent uh, original. Well, it's new handlebars, new stem, um, new well, chainring. I mean, let's by all means list the, the parts on your bicycle. New wheels. Standard, standard parts. It's trigger spring. It's trigger spring. Okay, well, anyway, look, the, with the curved frame, the underhanging cable routing just hangs down even further away from the cap, the, the top tube in the middle, and it looks uh, decidedly dodgy in my, from my point of view. And, and is uh, often... Quite loose. Okay. It's not ideal. Well, we are embracing the looseness. Now, uh, yeah. yes, carry on with your story. So, as, as you know, I've been complaining a lot. And there's a little bit of pave on my way to work. And uh, so it's come rattling around a bit. And I was like, oh, this is a disaster. Um, maybe I can just tighten bits up a bit. So I went back and, and the, 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 the headset needed tightening. And I thought that might be it. And I did that a few weeks ago. Uh, and it seemed to work a little bit. But gradually it got worse again. And then so I took it all apart um, about 10 days ago, like took the whole thing apart, put it back together, washed its bit as you do, even, you know, got the bearings. I spent a good three hours on it and including, you know, got pouring over YouTube and making sure I was doing the job properly. Um, put it back together, running like a well old machine, hit the pave and the rattling started again. Um, so, uh, as you know, I complained bitterly about this um, and thought this was going to cost me a lot of money. You did complain bitterly about this. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Anyway, uh, riding home last Friday from work, uh, it was raining and um, I got a puncture, just like the pros do, Stephen, just like the pros do in the rain. And uh, But I was only 15 minutes away from home, so I thought I'm just going to walk. So I got off my bike, changed into my trainers. This is an absolutely sensitive It's a belter, isn't story. it? I mean, I'm really anyway, so I'm, I'm pu- push, pushing, yeah. pushing her along holding on to the saddle and um, just idly um, flicked the saddle bag. Yes, I have a saddle bag underneath the saddle and it made a rattling noise. Um, dun, dun, dun. Anyway, so I opened it up and basically I've got some loose change inside my saddle bag. Well, yeah. the problem there is that you had, um, and I'm going to say something controversial here, as is my want, you had a saddle bag in the first place. Now, that's fine. You mean the, the practical device of a saddle yeah, bag? Yeah, no, unacceptable. Um... And I don't want anyone who has a saddle bag ever listening to this podcast again. No, I'm joking. We, we, You're not actually joking, are you? Ideally, you would have no one listening to this I'll podcast let you who, um, who doesn't, you know, shave their legs. Uh, well, your brother... 
My brother. Your brother has just purchased. What has he purchased? Now owns a bike that's better than either of us, which is unacceptable. I don't agree that it's better. It is better than yours. Mine, mine is better for me. Yes, but it's a better bike. But his, mine is more effective for me. Yes, okay. You don't have disc brakes, do you? No, but I don't require them. Do you want them? Not particularly. You sure? I've seen you descend. You could do with disc brakes. Come so fast into the corner. Yeah, that's that stopping. It. Yes, exactly. Um, Lighting up that road. Uh, yes. Anyway, well, yes. It's what bike is it? Can you remember? It's a giant PQs. It's a giant advance to fight to fight advance, isn't it? Yeah. And it's got um, giant's own SLR, uh, deep rim wheel set, and it has disc brakes, and it looks very fast. And your brother weighs ninety five kilos. He is the opposite of what should be riding that bike, mm. which is why, and I hope he's going to well, he's going to listen to this in the next week. I am going to borrow his bike for the marmot. <laughs> He doesn't know that yet. Dun, dun. <laughs> now that's, he does. That's the major revelation today. Peter, are you aware of this? <laughs> Can I just say, for Peter's benefit, David's been meditating on how best to ask you for a couple of weeks. And my advice was, don't try and take, it off, take your bike off your hands literally two weeks after you've bought it. That's some kind of, you know, that's a, that's a violation. What do you feel about that, Peter? Anyway, back, back to um, the, the pod. So I think I mean, I've advised Peter myself that uh, you shouldn't really... You know, it's it's all sorts of wrong to put a saddlebag on such a nice bike. Um, David's in David's case less so, given that his bike is now uh, a bit worse for wear. But um, she's still aesthetically pleasing. Yes, are you gonna what are you gonna buy in future? Are you gonna buy pink? Yes, it is the Giro. The Giro is on I'm this not week. I'm gonna buy pink. Do you know what I'm gonna buy? You David, know what I'm gonna buy. No, no, no. We've moved on now. A Scott foil disc. Okay, very good. Ten. Right, we've, we've moved on. Is there a race happening? No, I would suggest uh, yes, there's a tour two. California. There's two rate major we races happening. Should do quickly. Yes, let's do Cavwatch. No, watch. before we do that, what have you been up to this week? What's I've been watching the Giro. Have, have you? you been doing? I've been watching the Giro and the tour. Of I've been California. watching the tour of California because it's great. Now there's been a bit of debate amongst the pro peloton that you know perhaps they should be moving the tour of California another, you know, separately to the Giro so that pros can do both because it's a very popular, the race, um, the tour of California. However, Richie Port said that, I think he missed the point slightly. He said, well, it's, it's fine because, you know, you can watch the Giro on TV and then you can watch the tour of California overnight, can't you? But I think he missed the point there because I think the point was for the participants themselves they quite like to do both However, and there was some talk of the Giro being moved a week later and the, and the Tour of California being brought forward very slightly well I think Sepkus in particular will feel a little bit hard done by now if you were a pro which would you do I'm not, I, I don't case. overthink it Giro, which one or the other 100% Giro, Giro is my favourite tour okay very well um, well okay so we're going to talk a little bit of the tour about, about the Tour of California because we didn't last week um, someone has just come in the room is it is it is it Graham Ross it is um, hello Graham late we're talking about presenter the Tour of California conflicting with the Euro really are you sure they're on the same time <laughs> well apparently so I've looked into it <laughs> and uh, yes um, Sorry to keep you waiting, chaps. It's been um, quite the day. We're, yep. just, we're just about to move on to recapping the first eventful, extremely eventful couple of stages in the Giro this year. That's let's a, not, let's not do that. Let's, uh, let's just do Graham's intro. Uh, halfway through the programme. <laughs> it's like... Have you got one for me? It's like if you ever watched, like, The Good Wife or something, and you forget that the title scenes haven't started. And well, I, I always forget like to introduce myself anyway, so... Yeah, 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 absolutely. It's uh, no different to usual. What have you been up to this week? Working, late. Uh, I've been working a lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've ridden into work and then ridden to Evans to pick up some... You can get... You went um, to Evans? Sorry, well, Evans, but you, you suck. <laughs> you suck, I've had mixed experiences in Evans. They've been absolutely excellent. And at the same time, they've been... Uh, also, they've been... Um, they they sort of turned me away. It would have been the easiest transaction in the world, and it was in the same branch in Wimbledon as well. So it's when I broke when I, when I broke my wrist, um, they quite happily 
uh, changed my cassette for me free of charge. Amazing service. Wow, that's great. Absolutely amazing yeah. service. Because I was fully expecting to pay for it and they yeah. did it super quick as well, just on the spot. They weren't busy. Great. I've also been in there at like three minutes to eight yeah. of an evening when they close at eight. <laughs> Asked to buy a couple of energy gels and they've been like, no, we're closed. Are you sure you didn't stumble <laughs> into the weather screens next door, Max? Yeah, well, I don't... <laughs> Uh, easy to do. Yeah. Uh, no, it's it's. Uh, I've taken a point of principle anyway. against weather students. This is a bit of a departure. It is just a bit. Yeah, yeah. but um, uh, I also need to pick up on a point I made last week about having worked in an insurance broker. Because I just need to point out for personal reasons <laughs> that I am not an insurance broker. Apologies to anyone who is, but it's actually terrible at maths. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean no. I'm just also you know, yes. I just chose other another route in life. However. Um, you know, no offence, but I'm sure that you will infer Weather spins. Anyway. Weather what was spins. the question? Because I feel like I didn't answer it. Well, Weather Spoons, my team went to, at work, <laughs> in my current time, I'm just going to press on, went to Weather Spoons today, and on a point of, point of principle, I, I said, sorry chaps, I can't do that, because the owner, for our US listeners, is, is a mad Brexiteer, mad being the opposite word, because he takes his, the opportunity when he does his financial statements to write long rants um, about why we should be separating ourselves from Europe in his financial statements. So, the que- your question was, what have I done this week? Yeah, and my answer was out, going to be, <laughs> yeah. the, the reason I, I popped into Evans was to buy my nieces a junior bottle cage oh. and, uh, and bottle for their brand new bikes. Nice. Uh, which they, was their birthday today. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I, wanted to, I wanted to kick their bikes out. So, I've got them, got them posh baskets on the front of their nice. bicycles. One white, one blue. Well, have you got them? Got them a, did you get them a giant Defy? I didn't, buy the, I didn't buy the bicycles. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> did you know what the bicycles were? Yeah, this is a key question. Pinarello Dogma uh, F40. Can, Canyon Air Road. Yeah. Yes, Canyon Air Road. Look, genuine. Canyon Air Road. Canyon Air Have you been in Weatherspeed? That's <laughs> <laughs> what you've been doing. Well, been. <laughs> did you know what the, the bikes were that they had? Because obviously it's important to know what, you know, to, to match. Yes, as you know, um, matching kit is very important to yeah, me. you've got to start them early. So uh, I, I, I had been in discussion with my sister as to oh, uh, as the colours. Um, and therefore, both baskets and bottle cages match. What do we think of uh, Roglic's... Well, I was going to come on to that. Because that's, that's, that's caused some you're controversy. Not, you're you're <laughs> not the only one that can pull out a seamless link. Yes, because his mechanics uh, you, attached... Start, start. So this is Primoz Roglic, who's currently winning the Currently Giro. leading the GC yeah. for the Giro d'Italia. And uh, had mechanics who attached some pink bottle cages to his Celeste, and that is the uh, official word for the colour of Bianchi bikes, his Celeste frame. And I, I, I commented that this was a, a, a sort of nice gesture, but not very well thought through. And that was soundly ignored, or even roundly ignored. Well, either, presumably, but let's go with roundly. I think it, you know, he would be otherwise wearing on a Celeste bike just a pink kit. Well, he's already got and his yellow kit it, it, with it his pink out, top. It picks out a little bit of the pink. It's quite Do you nice. know what else, he's been, what else has he been wearing while he's been wearing the Melia Rosa? A smile? A grimace? No, not from Roglic. He won't see one of those. Oh, that's true, yeah. He's been wearing pink... Cravat? Socks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Obviously socks. socks. <laughs> a cravat. <laughs> yeah, Stephen is the <laughs> best attired cyclist yeah, yeah, you'll see <laughs> this well, side of the river. When he got his first Maglia Rosa, he, what, he was wearing... He had obviously been waiting around, um, having started the time trial, him and Dumoulin and most of the other contenders, in an unusual move at the start, one of the first people to go off, this was because there had been predicted thunderstorms for later, which kind of puts, um, which didn't pan out, but kind of puts Yates's decision to go at the end when the GC contenders typically go as, as quite a bold and brave move and a bit of a risk. They actually. could choose when they went off, yeah. could they? Yeah. Well, presumably someone doesn't get to choose. So how did how do they... They just choose like a... Was it based on... A slot? Based on performance last year? No, not that, at all. Only, only later on in ranking? the race. No, no. It's, well, a team has, has a number of slots and, and the teams have the liberty to put any of their riders oh, in that slot. So, for example, the, the reason Puccio... Can you swap thought, it like the US, like a draft? Can you, can no. you set a higher... The reason, as I'll go on to explain, that who was the last man off? Yates. No. It was Salvatore Puccio for okay. Team Ineos. And the reason was because Ineos 
as as Sky as they were. One at the top, one at the bottom. One last year. So Sky or Ineos had the last position and and the team were at liberty to put any of their riders in that position. At that point, when I was watching actually Sivakov, um, I thought they, I've decided I quite like their kit now. Having yeah, originally so we yeah, into that grown on me too, actually. Was it because we were also looking at their, t- their kit in the Tour of Romandy, which was essentially extraordinary, really, because it wasn't like um, this sponsorship takeover change was sudden. No. They had a couple of months' notice, and they essentially used their existing kits, and some, it was like some, someone's mum had ironed on patches yeah. <laughs> um they'd ironed on i think also, labels I think also we were Sky focusing logos. before on on the logo and actually the kit is like, oh, and there's a black and red kit but actually it looks really good on and out in the sunshine it looks it looks great well, if it's going to look good it should look good on well that's true if only in one place yeah um so talking of people um uh wearing the maglia rosa former winner um out today we mentioned him earlier tom dumoulin or my pick who now is not going to win it. Did we all see his knee? It's pretty grim. Was it a bit like your knee when you came off the bike that time and put a piece of rag in it to get I mean, hands he, He's taken off a serious mm. chunk of flesh there. That, that looks horrendous. I'm amazed that he started today at all. Well, and I'm they... not surprised in the slightest that he only got as far as the end of the neutralised zone. Some, before, were, some were put on, before calling it. on their social channels, uh, thinking of him warming up and very excited either. Here's the team warming up, except... He didn't do a full rotation, kind of stopped, and then gingerly did a few more, and then the camera panned away. Um, well, tell us, tell everyone why this was, what happened. Uh, he he was actually sat reasonably close to the front of um, uh, the pack yesterday, where he should have been. Where and, he was heading into the final five kilometre climb. Yeah, and um, there was a crash in front of him. Uh, he was quite up in it, well, and took a, a, a position in the race where there's always a lot of typically crashes because everyone's trying to position themselves yeah. at the front of the bunch. And I think it was an Ineos rider went over actually. Yes, uh, Dumoulin ended up in a hit, in a hedge. Um, the thing I took away from looking at that picture was that he had got the grease tread from having someone's chain wheel the mm. teeth from it pressed quite hard into his knee so when you think well, about the impact out, and the shock of that impact on his knee it's not about the you know the rib tearing of flesh or anything like that it's just if anyone's ever had a bike crash and their knee's gone down hard you're you know the shock of it it's amazing to me that he was able to get up the climb at any speed at all. yeah yeah, yeah. So uh, certainly he would have paid for. He would have felt much worse this morning with the swelling and. That said, we've all experienced um, in various sports uh, adrenaline getting us through, and then afterwards. I mean, I I tore my medial ligament in my knee and played twenty minutes of the match, and then after it was like, oh, that's a bit sore, and then woke up in the middle line, couldn't move, and I tore my medial ligament. You're talking about football. Yes, yeah, so football. It does, it does matter. It's, <laughs> it's you. Every everyone's experienced in. Why do you come on here every week talking about football? <laughs> <laughs> but you've you've had you've had it. You've had injuries that you've got through and then gone. Geez, how yes, yeah. in cycling. Yeah, absolutely. I've had actual cycling. Yeah, yeah, what were we doing? The cycling weekly Surrey One Hundred last year. Was it last year or the year before? Oh yeah, we broke your finger. The year before. Yeah, yeah. And board. you broke your finger yeah. because you decided to turn very late and David, David smashed into you. Well, so I didn't turn. David smashed straight smashed, into basically, the basically David's point off. of impact was pretty much your right hip because you decided to turn right incredibly late and you were way too close to him. I was the perfect distance away. For if you are time trialling, yes. You were well, no, I, I missed a corner. and No, I overshot a corner on this marked route and thought I must be the only person who has not seen the turning and I assumed I was alone so I did the thing you should never do which is just jam your brakes on hard and everyone behind me turns out there were about 20 people behind me um, well there were two it was me and David well yeah David and everyone was right else, behind a you whole, and... a whole other pack who just sort of apparently stood there going uh, are, you, are you okay or you appear to me miraculously unharmed even though you've gone off like you've been blown up by a mortar and sort of spread yourself all over the road um, the thing about that was the reason I hurt my finger was I viscerally my viscerally yes. viscerally remember the the moment when you on a rough rope particularly when you put your hands out the Stephen, s- Stephen doesn't wear gloves the either, slowing down effect as you grind your hand into the road and you can feel the skin being flayed off your hand um, as it grinds into the road um, you might is, that, is that a degloving 
injury. Yeah, it's a lot of gloves. Wear gloves. Yes, it's a big glove. Anyway, the only time I've seen wear gloves is when you wear woolly gloves, right, riding down the stadium. They were good, weren't Some of some of some of the contenders yesterday took more blame for the crash than others. Do you want to talk about? Uh, Adam, are you talking about um, Simon Yates? Yes. Uh, um, yes. Well, Lan, uh, Lander was uh, involved in a little incident and then contretemps with uh, Simon Yates, in which he used some choice language to describe uh, Simon Yates' character. He's since we will learn some new Spanish swear words. He's since apologised, and Yates um, very graciously accepted it. So I think we can kind of, um, you know, was Yates to blame? Uh, possibly. I. It's a, I would think in Formula One they were quite a racing incident here. Yeah. Okay, so what, what the consequence was then was that Lander lost time, Yates did well to only lose 17 seconds to Roglic, he was miraculously unaffected, some might say, you know, skill, good judgment. He extended his lead um, from 28 seconds to that's, 45. That's luck. That's luck, that's not skill. Yes, that's Because yes, they were, all, they were all near the front, yeah. it's just it didn't happen to... I mean, it wasn't like um, Roglic was on the front he was behind his well I think we can say what we can say in cycling is if you're going to win a Grand Tour you need a certain amount of luck well look at um, the amount of times Thomas had bad luck and often just bad handling before he eventually won a Grand Tour it's the old you can't win a Grand Tour in the first week but you can certainly lose it Thomas unless unless you're free in which case it's fine Thomas much like Richie Poor and um, to some extent Dan Martin um, has an appointment with the tarmac which he keeps most years Um, (laughs) he just decided to ignore it last year and and ended up winning the Tour de France you know wrestle us back on on the subject of so who's going to win so um, who's going to win the Giro now I would say because well let's not look that far ahead let's let's, uh, recount some of the incidents in the first couple of stages and and examine what's going to happen in over the next couple of days there's been a bunch of sprints essentially with some crashes there's going to be a bunch more sprints in the next couple of days Um, and ending this week there's a couple of um, decent climbs over the next few days ending with the 35 that's the kind of insight that people it has been it has been the perfect first week for Primoz Roglic yeah absolutely he couldn't have wished for better. And, and not that he would wish uh, any sort of He's going time on stages rivals, that but... he wouldn't expect to. And, and actually, there's own, his only major rival now. Well, I guess, I guess you say Superman, Lopez, is, is still and a of rival. of course, Yates. Uh, well, I said his only rivals. Yeah. Right, so obviously Yates backtracked from his slightly bold comment and, and before, Nibley, before the race. And a very good time trial. Uh, yes, do you want to stay on topic? Uh, what, you mean the Giro d'Italia? Nibali's really good Yates time made trial. some quite startling comments immediately before Giro when asked who um, his rivals were. He said, yeah, he said this in Rouleur, in an interview with Rouleur, and then it was fired, that, so that quote was then fired at him in the press conference, which is why it's come round again. What did he say? Uh, he was asked who the favourites for the Giro were, and he said, well, me. If I were one of my rivals, I would be myself. Yes, he did say that. I, I was probably tongue-in-cheek, but um, he then apologised when a couple of people, including Nibali, said he should have more respect. So it was a bit of a surprising comment from Yates because he's quite self-effacing. But um, I, think, I think probably he was trying to be self-effacing. Yes, I think it was tongue-in-cheek. However, I, I think that, um, you know, obviously Roglic is... is understood by all his rivals as the man to beat but still unproven well actually, actually um, one rider who I've just mentioned who did respond to Yates was Nibbly who said that he needs to show more respect okay you're going to have to cut that out because I literally just said that did you? yes oh, not, not even listening <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to wait until it's my turn yeah, yeah, to yeah. speak <laughs> wow okay um <laughs> Right, so in this, that's why the chemistry is so good. Yeah, yeah. You see, <laughs> don't really know where to go with that. <laughs> so in the sprint, there's been a couple. What's happened? Obviously, Viviani won and was then um, held not to have won. What happened? There? Oh, I think that was quite right as well. Well, he he cut across uh, Gaviria, didn't he? I mean, he didn't, didn't hold across, his racing he line. Took a corner in the yeah, middle of a sprint. Yeah. I mean, he really went off. And, the and I, so I don't really understand the um, so. Gaviria then refused to celebrate, didn't he? Didn't even open his bottle yeah. of champagne on the on the top of the podium. Yeah, he looked very po-faced when he was being... There's a picture of him being kissed by the two podium girls and him being consciously po-faced to be seen not to be enjoying. Yeah, but, but then, you know, the, the, the decision, as far as I was concerned, was perfectly fair. That was that was not a, a, a legal move in the sprint. And so the, the, the disqualification, yeah, which is a little bit of a surprise as well, because Viviani, you'd have expected them to, you know... 
being I, it's the, the Italian race, him being the Italian champion in the Italian champion's jersey, surely they would want nothing more than to see him win. And I, I'm sure he will still get a sprint. I think Gaviria knows that Viviani was faster. Yeah. What he doesn't want is to kind of win. He's probably embarrassed at winning it by default, essentially. Yeah. Um, that Viviani should have been disqualified is undoubted. I mean, so that was the stage from two days ago. Then on the first, the second, the second stage, the first sprint was won by Ackerman. Uh, yeah. Pascal Ackerman, Boransgra, who won. is putting out some serious power. Like, he's just a brute. He won again today in the horrendous rain. Um, uh, and has actually, well, Viviani didn't even contest it. Um, Ackerman, you couldn't say that Viviani's been quicker than Ackerman so far. Ackerman's not great. Yeah. He actually just timed his sprint badly on and the stage. What, what's been uh, his form Viviani coming won. into it? Because he's a bit of a new name for a lot of people. Well, so this was uh, Sam Bennett, many would say, has been the, the best sprinter this year and was um, vocally upset about not being able to ride the Giro um, this year after being so successful last year um, because uh, his team favours his German teammate, Pascal Ackerman. Um, Ackerman, it turns out, Ackerman, it turns out, is um, super fast. Um, is beginning to fulfil all his potential. Well, that's really the interesting, but given, given the team he's on, because obviously him and Sagan aren't going to mix in the same team, because you're never going to see Sagan le- leading him out, are you? Well, Sagan led out Bennett once, didn't he? So it can happen. I mean, they are, they are different riders. Uh, Sagan is always likely to win any points um, jersey in any Grand Tour that he partakes in, because he can take points uh, in mountain stages where others can't. Uh, meanwhile, we're going to we're gonna talk briefly about the stage one and then we're going to go over to where Sagan is at the moment, which is the Tour of California. Now, uh, one interesting point from stage one, it was a bit of an odd stage um, in as much as a sort of virtual warm-up for the two-kilometre climb um, at, at the end, which was sort of exposed as such by the person, this is a bit of a quiz question for anyone out there, who was the fastest up the climb, and it wasn't Yates, and it wasn't Roglic. He did that, though, to get the King of the Mountains jersey. Well, who was it, first of all? Well, Stephen, do you not need to answer your own question? He do, he doesn't, can't remember. Graham. I don't know, <laughs> I have to confess. It was, uh, it was, I, remember, I am actually struggling because it was... Shikoni. It was Shikoni, but yeah. I, I'm struggling to remember his first name, I think it's Julio. Julio. Mm. Can someone check this? He's uh he was a rider he was at Bardiani for a couple of years um won I think he won a stage at the uh, Giro a couple of years ago and um very highly rated young climber who's now I want to say Trek isn't he um and uh, someone's actually gonna we've got two people staring at their phones uh, but no one's capable of looking it up so anyway uh Ciccone, uh he. Shikone, he he was the fastest up the final climb by, uh, what was it, three seconds or so? And yet he finished um, about one and a half minutes or 128 back overall. So he he must have almost walked uh, the first six kilometres and then attacked attacked the final part. Um, Somewhat surprisingly, Yates was actually one second slower up the climb um, than Roglic and he had conceded 18 of his overall 19 seconds of Roglic on, in the first six kilometres. He said he was pacing himself. Um, so, yeah, just to f- obviously de Moulin's raised some eyebrows by being 28 seconds down on Roglic. And we, you know, the thinking there was that perhaps he was trying to ride himself into form in order to not only contend for the Giro, but actually carry form through to the Tour as well. Well, also, it's, it's so, as we've mentioned before, it's so back-ended with mountains um, this year. I'm actually coming in hot at the uh, start of it. May You may pay for it later. Mm. So that was clearly his... what he's looking to do. But, yeah, um, it, it, I'm not, sure Dumoulin will now liven up the Tour. And the other thing to note from the first stage was uh, the performance of Hiroki Nishimura. Did we all see that? The uh, at the opposite end you were talking about. Yeah, he mm. finished a, a minute and six seconds slower than anybody and in an eight kilometers time trial, why was that just out of his depth or was there a mechanical just out of his depth it's right. he didn't have a mechanical and um was rightly cut you can't be that much slower than well, in a in an eight kilometer time yes, trial that seems fair enough to be honest yeah. um so what's been going on we we we're somewhat let's come to rather belatedly Cavwatch. Cavwatch. watch oh, graham's here graham you Cav-watch. know that he enjoys Cavwatch. I do enjoy Cav Watch. Yeah. Cav Watch has mainly so far in the Tour of California. <laughs> and before stating, has he made it? Has he made the time <laughs> cut? Been, yeah. been watching Cav with 
following Bernie Isle with grimacing face. The second stage of um, tour of uh, California this year uh, had a very, very long, slow climb, and absolutely, it's not something that Cav has ever enjoyed. And somewhat remarkably and surprisingly, ten uh, minutes down. Do you know what altitude that climb reached? It's the highest point they've ever reached in the tour of California. Uh, 2,500 metres. 2,600, wow. which is amazing because they've never done, they've hardly ever do that climb. And yet, you know, California, amazing, has, uh, has, has mountains the size of the Galibier that they don't even use. He got over um, Mount Hamilton pretty well yesterday with the Gruppetto and uh, today, actually later on today, well, when you, by the time you listen to this, it would have happened. Um, is the uh, Laguna Seca stage, which is always great, always a good sprint. Well, jolly good. Any insomniacs out there in the UK uh, get involved. Um, Not just hearing me speak to help you get sleep, <laughs> but watch the uh, watch the race. And anyone in California, go and watch. Yeah, um, um, the Mount Baldy stage, which I think is stage six, will be great. Cause there's actually a few good climbers in that race um, who are mainly warming up for the Tour. De I love Mount Baldy. I especially remember um, Sagan's amazing performance in 2015 when he somewhat astonishingly claimed the overall by a map by a tenths tenths of a second who was it from it was from a sky it was from ian bosworth wasn't it was it from anna might yes it was from anna philippe yes bosworth was involved (laughs) (laughs) good good knowledge (laughs) chapeau um uh thank god you're here (laughs) what have you been after this week well so um yes but no he turned himself (laughs) inside out to actually limit the the losses on that um climb it was it was quite a surprising thing to see uh i guess you know power of determination and all that um he's not going to be involved in the gc this year he did however win the first stage um and a welcome return to form for him if disappointing for cav fans this is still cav watch because cavendish was uh separated from the front um in the lead up to the sprint and sat up sat up yeah essentially um we don't know why we can only speculate who's going to win the tour of california I said it might be Richie Port, and then I was asked to put my socks where my mouth was. Well, no, put a sock in it, mate. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> or on it. Yes. Um, it's going to be TJ, isn't it? It may well be. It is. At this stage. It's going to be TJ, then Garden Run. Very good, actually, on the stage where he took the yellow jersey. Stage two. Well, I would like to see one. the tour of California moved, actually, so that... What, it, to, to Florida? <laughs> um, no, just in terms of on the calendar. Um, because, actually, to be honest, nothing against TJ Van Garderen. Uh, you know, I have to eat these words if we end up interviewing at some stage. However... Um, he's finished fourth in the Tour de France, hasn't he? But he hasn't done anything for so long now. You sense that if he's able to win the Tour of California against some fairly good competition, which he reports that... Um, that you know, perhaps. We, I mean, well, he yeah. obviously they have a history together because Port joined BMC when uh, T J Van Garden was the lead and GC who is, rider. Who is going to be more disappointing? Yeah, he, BMC. <laughs> it's the races at the race to the bottom. Is it um, Van Garden? And is I don't. It I don't think either of them had the best time at BMC when they were, they were kind of after Cadella. BMC is one of those teams like Katusha, which seems to be a bit of a greyyard for talent. So obviously, what we didn't talk about. Um, yes, he was there one outstanding success because you had, well, you know, that was a long time ago. You had Gilbert go there, um, one of the greatest one-day riders in the peloton and in recent generations indeed, and, you know, did nothing. And then as soon as he moved back to a quick step, he's, he's winning and in emphatic style again. So uh, what we didn't talk about last week was the sort of sad news that Marcel Kittel has departed from Katusha with a sort of mutual by mutual agreement. Um, what do we know about this, chaps? Well, you've met Kittel, haven't you, Graham? I have. Um, well, what do we know about it? It's his. Should we should we should we start with his statement? Um, because he's he's basically said he's raised he's raised a lot of questions about how and where he wants to go as a person and athlete and what is really important to him. Uh, he loves cycling. He, uh, his passion for this beautiful sport is never gone, but he also knows uh, what it requires from him and what it needs for uh, from him to be successful. So he basically a long statement that in short says he's exhausted. Um, he's decided to take a break and some time for himself, think about his goals, make a plan for the future. So he's only recently 31 and he has had 
what, since 2014, 2013, 2013. So he's had six years of really being, the, well, the last 18 months aside, of really being the, the guy that everyone's looking at as you are, this, as Cav said, this, this kind of lump of muscle who is, who is going to be the most power powerful sprinter in the peloton. And so he, he was really the man who took Cavendish's uh, mantle as, as the alpha dog in, uh, in, the, in the peloton. With his, with his 2,000 concerned. peak wattage as a, you know, relative to Cavendish's yeah. 50. And magnificent hair. Um, yeah. And this is at a time in... Never so, forget uh, that. So the, the pressure is on him there and all the spotlight is on him there. He's also... Um, Germany's most famous cyclist after and, and sort of favourite son after Jan Ulrich, you know, a kind of rebirth of German cycling. He was at Giant Alpersin uh, when they uh, when they launched at the French Embassy in Berlin in, 20, boy, in 2015. He was so I was I was there for that and I spoke to him there and everybody wanted a piece of him. There must have been 200 in the press pack following around the entire embassy um, uh, at, at sort of at every turn, at every um uh, kind of but you had some Ferrero duty there, that he was well no there was a, a very kind chap <laughs> walking around with a pair of white I think he was a snooker referee walking around <laughs> with a tray of Ferrero Rocher uh, but he was doing he was doing interviews in German in English he was um, are you joking he, he was walking around with an actual tray of Ferrero Rocher in an embassy Obviously, that was a joke. Oh, right, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I, was, I was riffing on what you... I mean, <laughs> if you're going to open that gate, you can't know, <laughs> ruining jokes since <laughs> well, set, setting them up and then ruining them. Anyway, point is, everyone wanted a piece of Cattell um, and, uh, and has done for, for the past six years. He's been proper poster boy. He's, he's, he's always so... Always seems to be so polite with the press. But you've seen him um, f- you know, falling out with Katusha coaches... Um, his contract with Quickstep was terminated before time, um, and he's kind of he's, he's bounced around a bit for the last two or three years, yeah, and he just has hasn't found the form. For whatever reason, been able to concentrate as much. He's not as dedicated to the sport. As, the question as has been: Has it been internal on his part, or has it been as a consequence of poor man management? And I was sort of moving towards the latter, but then now I think really it's probably like what happened um, with. Um, Pete Kenyuk is what you're going there you for. Go. Well, there you go. Um, <laughs> I think there is possibly a similarity there with Kenyuk. Kenyuk has, has basically said, in short, that I'm going to step away for an undefined period of time. Uh, there, there, are two part, there are two parts to this. One, I think you've got to say, well, look, that's okay. It's easy for us. And we are, remember, very much from the outside looking in. It's okay for professional sportsmen, whoever you are, to go, to do you know human. what? Yeah. yeah, do you know what? I've been under some serious pressure here for since I can remember. Probably since you were in your early teens, you've been under some serious pressure when you first started showing that you were good enough to be at the top of your at the top of your class, and that's gone on from in in a sport as well where you are treading your body to such an extent that it's got to well, have body a mental and, impact. Body and, yeah, yeah, body and mind. So and, the and, mental impact and it's very, very tough. So whether yeah. or not it is a and it's you know it's very easy to again from the outside looking in to pin. Um, some sort of anxiety or, or depression uh, and, and no, I'm not suggesting for a second that we are but it's very easy to do that on athletes who do seem to be struggling it is okay just to go who was the footballer sorry Steve who was the footballer who decided oh do you know what it's just not for me anymore and everyone was like what you're crazy you're giving up millions of pounds what are you doing he's like yeah just not for me anymore Blackburn footballer um, was it Bentley Bentley retired oh, before yes, yeah, yeah. David Bentley. Um, yeah. and he just went yeah do you know yeah. what I've fallen out of love with it it's yeah. just not for me anymore and that's okay well there is another example in the peloton as well um, and who's currently racing toward colour and that's Lachlan Morton took time out and went uh, it went on a kind of tour across Australia with his brother um, and then would only join a cycling team again if his brother who is not as talented but reasonably talented could could join and has moved to EF Education First now I think partly on the basis that they're going to get involved in all these other races and he can feel that cycling for him is just not about being pressured and racing all the time, but he can experience the environment and, and be... And they do a lot of good stuff on their social media, actually, yeah. EF, and that they feature, the two brothers, yeah. they feature quite heavily. But the, So the second part to, to this is, um, you know, you, it's it's okay, not only is it okay to step away, but it's it's if you have been in that situation for long enough, then you almost need to step away because it's I would imagine it's easy to forget who you are when everyone wants a piece of you and you, you you're almost this um you're you're just treated like an asset 
Mm. And as a, as a team, we've got to get the most out of our asset. And, we and we've that... got to get the most out of their performance. And we've got to, we've got to do all, the, all we can to, you know, go and find out what's wrong with him um, or go and find out what's up with him. Not you know, necessarily there's anything wrong, but they just want to be, they want Kittle on the road winning sprints, right? Yeah. Um, and he is quite a sensitive guy as well. And he comes from sort of, you know, he's, he's a guy who, you know, his family and close friends are very important to him. And you think that, you know, there is a degree of better man management would have can make some concessions. But I also think that it's not just the pressure of racing and being under pressure to win. Being a professional cyclist means also dedicating uh, just, just the hours on the bike. And David Miller, I remember many years ago, in the earlier stages of his career, commented to one of the cycling tr- trade magazines at the time that, you know, when he was out on a training ride for five to eight hours every day, sudden, he felt sometimes that he would ask himself, why the, f- the F am I doing this? Um, and, and he seemed to indicate, I think it was on the back of a question of, do our cyclists quite boring? And he said, well, I think the people who are a bit dull or unintelligent run creative they get on better because they don't question the sort of inanity of it Mm -hmm. um, as much and if you're a bit of an independent thinker so you can get into a state where you start asking why am i doing this and let's not underestimate how much commitment and discipline raw iron discipline it takes to to ride your bike anyone can do it for five hours or one go anyone can do it for eight i've done it for 24 on a couple of occasions but to do that day in day out but also to um, be doing that to a certain level of performance as well, where you're hurting your body um, on, on regular occasions because you're pushing it to the limit to train your body. And obviously they're not doing that for the full eight hours or five hours or whatever, but there will be periods within that that they are. To keep doing that, I mean, I get up in the morning and think I don't want to ride my bike into work. And sometimes I have to persuade myself, well, the only way I'm going to do that is if I ride slowly. And, and so not, But they have to have the discipline to push themselves every Well, I mean, time. granted, they have a lot of support to do yeah, that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. but the, thing, the thing about Kittel is that he's won Shell the Priest, the early season flat uh, Belgian race, five times. And this year... It's the unofficial sort of sprinters' championships. We, we've had this. I, I used to think that's Paris Tour is the sprinters' classic. Hey? Paris Tour is, is traditionally nah, the sprinters' mate, classic. That's, you don't get the same star power there. Well, I think it's been on the wane for some time. I think it's because of the well, end of the 30 season. years. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I'll I mean, tell you one all? of these days. Yeah, about been, the most I've, been, I've been on the wane for about 30 well, years. Yeah. It, was, it is definitively the Sprinters Classic because its most, its most famous victory was won, was won by uh, Richard Vironc, the famous sprinter. <laughs> well, he, he was a sprinter before he became a No, he wasn't. No, he was not. Richard Vironc, what are you talking about? Was a sprinter. You're talking about Lauren Jalabert. Um, do you know what I've done there? I was talking about Lauren Jalabert. Yeah, that's what you were doing. I've often mixed those. Point is there. that Kitto was dropped on a shoulder priest this year, and one of his team, his coaches, basically said, Look, there's absolutely no way that anyone should be dropped on shoulder priest. You know, it's not that hard. And especially if you've won it five times, and the only reason that you would be is if you just haven't trained. Um, and there was a degree of sort of criticism there. Um, but it's which, also... which they've made public as well, yeah. which is, again, the wrong way to handle it. David, you think that he's, been, he's fallen away partly because every single race now is hotter and hotter. So and it's difficult so for a big guy like him there's been a lot of suggestion to stick with it. From uh, the peloton that the racing has been, is harder now than it's ever been and that you have to go full gas from the... Which I don't buy for a second because Kittel is a former junior world championship tro- time trial. So he's fallen out of love with the sport. He hasn't trained. The only, reason, the only question there is why is he fallen out of love with it? The only person that can answer that is is him. So, yeah. moving on, uh, what's well, coming? Well, I mean, before we wish him well, and then we, we move on. I think. Yeah, well, obviously, everyone. There's no one who wouldn't like to see him back, uh, and he's he's brilliant for the sport. And he actually, he's a really nice guy. I don't think anyone has a bad word to say about him in that respect. Um, what's coming up in the next couple of stages in the Giro? Uh, so, uh, in the kind of biggest point of note in the first week is going to be the uh the time trial which i think is on the 19th um but which uh, as is tradition often with the longest time trial in a race takes place before a rest day so everyone can completely empty the tank is then followed by a couple of really flat stages in fact that time trial is i think 35 kilometers long and that will be a real shake up in the gc in fact i mean it could see roglic take an even 
Well, it should see him take a, a, a further lead over Yates. The question then is how much can Yates get back in the climbs? And we just don't know. We don't know how Roglic is going to go on the steep climbs and we don't know how any of them are going to go when they're tied in the, in the backloaded last week. So that would be uh, interesting to see. Nibali's time trial in the first stage was um, pretty good and actually he might, you know, it'd be interesting to see how he does over a, a 30 What's the matter, Steve? Time trial. Well, the feature of our bad. podding is that I sort of neatly wrap something up and then David ignores it and just carries on by reopening. He's not, we've already established this, he's not listening to a word you yeah. say, he's just waiting for his turn to <laughs> yeah, speak. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right, uh, what, what, what are the other, other, other news, gents? Well, I was going to say that Nibali did pretty well in the first stage. <laughs> did he? Did he? Yeah, okay, okay, great. Good for him. He was interviewed on stage by the Italian Prime Minister the other day. Was he really? Yeah, the Italian Prime Minister, he was just there. He wanted to get involved. He took it upon himself to shove a microphone in Nibali's face. Who is the current Italian Prime Minister? I don't know. They change every couple of yeah, weeks. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> um, in other news, British Cycling has introduced mental health screening for athletes, actually, on that same vein. Dr Nigel Jones, who's head of medical services for the Great Britain cycling team, said... We took the decision to revise our approach to athlete mental health and well-being based on the acknowledgement that, as an elite sports team, we operate in a high-challenge, high-support environment, which is obviously a, a total turnaround for them. Usually it's Shane Sutton just telling them to, well, absolutely. And, and, to get on with it and, yeah. uh, and, and what have you. So, I mean, Ken, Ken I, don't know, as well as... I don't know if that's just a, a PR move and whether, whether anything has really changed. You can never tell, can you? So, to some extent, the fact that they're addressing the... Um, competitive bully nature in any way is a, is a good thing isn't it I don't think um, that we can criticise it well you'll only be able to tell a couple of years from now if there's actually still you know the continued accusations I've of always found it interesting how macho a sport cycling is given what clothes they were <laughs> <laughs> given their upper body strength and well, yes. I mean, I'm no different my upper body strength how come you got into cycling then because you are not yeah, okay Just well, that's, like that's come as a blow I didn't realise <laughs> Well, I think you can up. tell by the sound of my voice that uh, you know there's a there's a hard inner coating there. I mean, I don't want to have to redo my Phil Mitchell impression to, to as if to prove this. Are um, we hearing from Hannah this week? Yeah, what what's been going on in the women's sports, Hannah? Hi. Yeah, so um, I think I can declare this week as belonging officially to Lorena Weavers. Um, she was absolutely dominant in the tour of Chongming Island. She won all three stages and she ended the GC with a 22 second lead. She also took the green jersey and because she's only 20, she took the white youth jersey too, leaving her fifth in the World Tour rankings overall. Most of the riders in her team, um, Park Hotel Falkenberg, are in their mid-twenties or younger and their manager Ezra Trump is only 28 herself. Um, She's a former rider for the team. Apparently they're wise beyond their years. Um, Weber's won stage one of the Tour de Yorkshire last week on top of her second place finishes at Ghent Vevelgem and Driedags de Pan earlier in the season um, and her teammate Demi Follering who's only 22 herself has taken a win at the Volta Limburg Classic along with top 10 finishes at Liège Best on Liège, Flesch Wallonne and Amstel Gold and she's currently leading the points classification for the Elsie Jacobs Festival which is being ridden at the minute um, it's an elite level stage race uh, in Luxembourg so it looks like this year could be a good one for Demi and Lorena and the rest of their team. Out of interest, um, the Elsie Jacobs Festival is named after Elsie Jacobs, um, who was the first ever women's road world champion in 1958. Um, that year was the best year of her career. She rode 42 races. She finished on the podium in 38 of those and she won 25 of them. She won the World Championship despite her home country, Luxembourg, disapproving of women's racing and having refused several times to give her a licence in the preceding years. Um, And then after winning the World Championship, she went on to set a new women's owl record of 41.347 kilometres. And that record wouldn't be broken for another 14 years after that. Um, I read about her recently in Isabel Best's book, Queens of Pain. Um, And if any of you are interested in a really well-researched and well-written history of women's road cycling, I can highly recommend that. So, looking to the week ahead, we have the three-stage Amgen Tour of California starting on Thursday. Uh, It's going to be a climber's race. There's 5,000 metres of ascent packed into the 96.5k route of the first stage. My ones to watch from browsing the start list so far, which at the time I'm recording this is still incomplete, but would perhaps be Corin Rivera, who's riding for Sunweb. 
she won the Tour of Britain last year and she's looked fairly strong in races so far this year, although Sunweb as a whole don't seem to be working together particularly well. But she's tiny and she's a really strong climber. Cassie Nuvia Dommer is riding for Canyon Sram and we saw how she can attack on a climb at the top of the Cowberg and Amstel Gold. Um, also, her teammate Tiff Cromwell will be supporting her and she's been doing a lot of altitude training in the last couple of weeks specifically for this race. Um, Lizzie Dignan is settling back in at Trek Segafredo, having returned from maternity leave a couple of weeks ago, and she has her eyes on the prize already. Uh, but Ashley Mormon Passio is probably my favourite for the win. I spoke about her work with Marianne Voss last week, and if CCC Live don't put Marianne on the start line, then it could well be Ashley's race. Um, yeah, so back to you guys. Uh, thanks a lot, Hannah. Um, one point I'm going to pick up on there is that uh, one exciting women's race has just been announced um that's going to match the currently longest uh women's race on the calendar the giro rosa at 10 days the longest because the uci stipulates that that's the longest a women's race can be quite extraordinary another point altogether yeah uh, we're that. actually going to talk about those sort of issues uh either next week or the week after actually um because you know they deserve it what's the race called what is the race called? The race is called the Battle of the North in Scandinavia and it will be held across Denmark, Norway and Sweden. And it's Sweden. being dubbed... Finland missing out, that's a shame. It's being dubbed... Like Finland. The Battle of the North. And it's being dubbed... The Tour de France for women, Stephen. Well, that's very exciting because yeah. I've always been saying, and I'm going to talk more about this, um, that instead of women sort of lobbying organisations like the ASO or the UCI to have a women's Tour de France on at the same time... Um, they should do such that the WTA has done in tennis and just start their own events. Because, you know, for me, the Tour de France is a, is synonymous with men's cycling. And just because it's got a load of history and prestige for the men, that doesn't automatically transfer well, maybe, to maybe, women's Maybe race. this will be that, maybe it'll extend. Well, I, I think, think actually yeah, they have a position to start and build their own mythologies yeah, yeah. and and quite independently of the men and grow a, their pie in that respect. And I think that you know, by taking on more of that independence. What are you... I agree, Stephen, and um, I don't think anyone would argue. Where's my robot? <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, halfway, halfway through that, you said What are you trying to agree with me for? <laughs> I'm much happier when we're arguing. Why can't we argue more? <laughs> so, agree with what? Halfway. What do you agree with? <laughs> <laughs> well, I won't let you agree. Stay in. <laughs> um, halfway through that, you'll have said something I can agree with. You're rambling. Look... It's also uh, scheduled for August, so yeah. Tour de France for you know for, for July, great. That that comes to a close. It doesn't. It's not competing with anything with the big in the men's yeah. calendar, right? So that's perfect. So if you're going to grow the sport, you're going to you, you're going to put it in. Uh, you're going to give it the best possible chance on the calendar. So uh, TV coverage, uh, you got to hope it's going to be there. Um, it's not going to be. It's not going to be competing with anything else there's it's no also great for the tourism in those countries because you don't usually think of them in the summer and actually yeah. um i imagine they'll very much get behind it it's Look, a really good idea chaps, we're actually scratching the surface of this debate because there's an awful lot to say about it so i think i i vote we go into much more detail about it next week and interview um some should we say some goodbye and then because i know we before we do that we have got um a few words from naira quintana have got some very strong views on it should we say goodbye and then bring naira in uh, yes, no, I, I know what he's going to say, and actually it's, it's, a, it's, it's a great way to send the show This is true, so I was very, very pleased to hear, yeah. hear it, actually. Profound. Profound. Yeah. Profound. Yeah, it's not an, Insightful. Yeah, exactly. Classic Nairo. Well, I'm going to say bye. Bye. Sally. Socks. Here's Nairo. <laughs>